Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. Don't get lost in the vast expanse of the internet. Try Ventoff SEO Manager instead, the Shopify app that store owners use to optimize their search engine results. Ventoff SEO Manager is your SEO toolkit. You'll be king of the hill, top of the heap, cream of the crop, so why settle for page 10? Simply put, SEO Manager allows you to change the way search engines see and list your store. Better search rankings means more customers, which means more money for you. Try Ventoff SEO today and get found. Just search SEO Manager in the Shopify App Store to get started. my friends, welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Jack Nasty. And today we're speaking with Jeremy Bradley, founder of, ready? Happy Bulge. Jeremy started Happy Bulge in 2019 as a traveling pride booth, appearing at five prides that year with over $6,000 in sales. I love when people do in-person events. It is such a great way to connect face-to-face with customers. By August 2020, with pre-ordered inventory arriving and boxes piling up, Jeremy had to pivot to e-commerce. Yes, one of us. Since, well, global shutdowns uh, happened, there was the bad thing, and it canceled events. And we are going to learn from this radio host how he went from radio host in Hollywood to running a successful clothing company. Jeremy, welcome. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you. My pleasure. It's a, I said, I introduced you as like, you're the founder of Happy Bulge, but you have two e-commerce brands, right? Yes, the Happy Bulge Swim Company, our uh, men's swimwear and underwear line, and then that spun off to Buff Boy Brewing Company, uh, a coffee line uh, in July of 2021. All right, so we started one and we liked it so much we had to start a second one? You know what? The Happy Bulge had such great success being a cheeky, you know, swimwear line for men that we thought, why not have half-naked men drinking coffee and it just seems like it's a natural progression and it's it's worked you know i I gotta tell you last sunday was our best sales day ever for buff boys so uh something's working and i love it well let's start with with happy bulge i'm detecting a series of of puns here some word play (laughs) for sure like you're like what i heard cheeky so you're we're cluing in here on (laughs) who the audience is or who the the core customer is with this tell me about your women yes (laughs) 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 we go get Get Grandma Susan on the phone. Grandma Susan. Uh, so what is Happy Bulge? What does it sell? Who's it for? Spell it out for me. Well, the core audience is uh, primarily gay men. I mean, it's uh, it's done very well, as you mentioned, launching a Pride in 2019. And that was sort of the idea of it from the very beginning was many years ago, our company published uh, a novel, uh, an erotic novel for, for gay men. And uh, early in 2019, 18, our accountant, our company accountant had said, you know, we've got this book that was put out like 10 years ago. It's not really selling very well. So what's, what's the best platform to get this book in front of people? And so she's a big music lover. And so she said, what about at a festival? And we thought, well, you can't really have an eight foot table or, you know, at a festival with one product. And so then we started to look at just maybe we could do t-shirts, right? Because what else do you buy at a festival? You buy t-shirts. 
And then we quickly realized that those are expensive and they're also heavy to ship. So then we kind of thought, let's go smaller, smaller, smaller. You know, what can you do? And my husband is uh, a Brazilian fitness model who wears very small swimwear because that's one part of their culture and two, appealing to a certain demographic, your target audience. We thought that's the lightest type of product you could sell, maybe aside from socks. Uh, but, but, you know, a pair of underwear is the smallest and the lightest. So we ended up just sourcing and finding out what we could do. And then in 2019, we launched at Phoenix Pride uh, in April of that year. And, uh, you know, like, like all businesses, you sort of rejig as you go, right? You retool, you, you learn, uh, you know, we certainly learned about shipping boxes, you know, to a hotel and having it not show up on time and sitting there going, wait a second, our pride booth starts in one hour. We don't have everything here yet. And so, you know, to, to take the leap to e-commerce, which was something that we'd never wanted to do. We never wanted anything to do with shipping returns, refunds you know, it not fitting and, and all that kind of stuff. We just thought, let's do this at a pride event. We're here in the moment. We can sell it to the people right now and then be out of the city, you know, the next day. And people know that it's going to fit. They've already held the product. It's not like they're taking a gamble on the internet and going, well, maybe this product will be good. Maybe it won't be. They can physically hold it in their hands, try on the t-shirt if they want, and and then it's good to go. And then we were on to the next city. And then, of course, we know the shutdowns happened and there went pride for 2020. This initially starts with an erotic story. Uh, yes, actually, it's called My Journey from Top to Bottom. And we actually just put the digital version on the Happy Bulge site a couple weeks uh, the other week. What's so interesting about that is that a, a, a similar story on here. Cesar Torres uh, from LED Queens, which sells leggings, same deal. Started with he was an author writing dystopian sci-fi erotica and then somehow that pivoted into uh, a store that sells leggings for men like it's what are the chances well, i mean that's but that's the funny thing i mean if you were to ask me well first of all, i mean if you were to ask me 25 years ago you know jeremy would you ever think you'd be a, a syndicated radio host on the red carpets in hollywood i would have said no but it's not that I would have closed the door to it because I think as an entrepreneur, especially back then, we didn't have social media to get that instant audience and and grow a following. You know, you keep your your you keep the door open for every sort of possibility. Would I have written for any publication back in the day? Yes, I would have when I was starting out as a newspaper columnist. Now, you know, almost twenty years in the same newspaper, uh, you know, you can you can sort of pick and choose. But certainly, I find it fascinating that I can go from a radio host to then a best-selling author to then an e-commerce. Uh, store owner. I mean, it's just, and and we've also, with our company, Speak Free Media, there's actually been a way that they all fit together. So it's not like it's, I mean, it might sound on the surface very scatterbrained, like, wait a second, you do radio shows, that, but we have platforms that we can market everything together. We can cross promote um, on the different channels. And, you know, we have so many different audiences that it ends up working. So yeah, it sounds strange, you know, oh, you were just talking with Howie Mandel about America's Got Talent, and then you were picking out underwear with your husband, and then uh, promoting your best-selling cheapskate book on on TV in Winnipeg. Yeah, that's just kind of the fun of being an entrepreneur, is that you can do random stuff every day and get paid to do it. I love it. And the advantage to it is it's a lot of creative play, which I find is, is very rewarding and healthy and it keeps you going and interested. And then, my gosh, when you can monetize it, then it's, it adds so much validation to engaging in that creative play. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know that small businesses don't have a marketing, but I mean, everybody is so hung up on Facebook ads and paid advertising and all this other stuff. I mean, for me, not just only because I'm a, an author of a cheapskate book, but for me, it's kind of like, that's the fun of it is how can I get this seen or with the radio heard by people? And what can I do? How can I be front and center right in there in the trenches and developing something? And and it is, it's so much more fulfilling to be able to go and say, hey, we hit 600 uh, or sorry, six, six figures in sales and not spending a penny on advertising. We're not giving our money to anybody else. We are doing it. And that's that's the best victory lap that you can have, I think, anyway. So we've got a little, we heard a little bit about your background. Tell me about this past experience uh, as a radio host working the red carpet. How does that play into this success? Well, I mean, that's that's the thing is back when I started a radio and I mean, all behind me on the wall, these are all red carpet photos and, and press badges and things like that. But um, back when I started in broadcasting and, and in publishing, I mentioned already, we didn't have that social media outlet where you had where you could inst you could you could just pay to have an audience right on, on social media. Now you can boost, quote unquote, boost and be seen and, you know, uh, recognized by by random people. Whereas back then we didn't have those sorts of outlets. And same thing with the, you know, with the e-commerce store, not everybody has the marketing budget of Amazon and Walmart and all that. So, uh, so having to have done that and created a brand and everybody sort of throws around the word brand quite loosely, but, you know, to have created the brand as Winnipeg cheapskate in my hometown, I had to do that organically. I had to do that, uh, by slugging it out and reaching out to, uh, publications and reaching out to the TV station. Hey, you know, do you want to do a segment about money saving? Hey, this is the book that I put out. Hey, I've got a book signing. And you you learn very quickly, especially as an author, that just because your book is in a bookstore does not mean that it's going to sell. I think we all have this great belief that, oh, there's going to be a lineup around the corner for people to come to my book signing. And that's a reality check that, you know, I think every author needs. It hurts your feelings. And it sets you back. It makes you want to throw in the towel. It makes you have a pity party for yourself for how long. You're embarrassed or humiliated. I told everybody about this. Nobody came. And you pick yourself up and you figure out, okay, well, what can I do differently? How can I create more buzz for the next one? And it's, I think it's no different than you would with a Shopify or an e-commerce store. So what is, what's the trick there to creating that hype and buzz where people actually care? Right. I think the default is nobody cares and you're not the main character. So how do I fix that? I think that people make the big mistake. And I, I mentioned to you, uh, you know, a couple of days ago that I'm not the star of Happy Bulge. Our our product, if we're if we're ranking things, our product is the star, obviously, that's what you're selling. But our customer, and as cliche as it as it sounds, is our customer is the star. And we call them friends. We don't call them customers, we call them happy bulge friends. So right there, we're personalizing it. And the interaction is, it, it's it's more customized to them. We have the most playful, silly messages going back and forth with followers. Followers, not necessarily friends, right? We don't know if they've ordered. So they're followers initially on social media. And I mean, it's stuff you'd never see the big companies do because they have that, they've got to be that serious brand. And so for, for Happy Bulge and, and in a roundabout way, you know, it spun off into to Buff Boy with the coffee that work your audience, come up with content. I think we, you know, that we have so much focus on influencers now and, and create that. You've got to sustain that though. As an influencer, you know, you can see so many people fizzle out after six months a year because they haven't thought it out. 
And so content, content, content would be my suggestion for people. I mean, we did a photo, we've done photo shoots back in 2019, and we're still using those photos and that content and spinning it off into other products now. Because with us, you know, we have our models that people recognize and we use their first names and sometimes even come up with a playful name for a model, you know, Hercules or whoever it might be, because he's the big guy with tattoos. And people wait for him and, and, and ask when he's coming back and message him in the morning when he's doing the takeover for the weekend. So, so I don't know that we can necessarily say that advertising is the way to get you. No, you've got to have something that people can relate to. What sets Happy Bulge apart from any other swimwear store? It's not the product. And I'll be the first to admit that. It's the experience that you're getting on the social media pages and the customer service that you get. I love admitting that the experience is what sells it. And that social media experience where you have made the product models real. You have made them people that I can interact with. You have made them characters in some cases, right? That's brilliant. Now I'm, because from like episode 50 on, I've said people buy from people, not brands. And yeah. that's what you've enabled here. In and you've made it in it's done it in this really fun interactive way and you touched on the content hole there is a content sinkhole out there that is perpetually emptying itself and so the content hole must be filled but you can never stop and you you, you mentioned it people fizzle out after 6 months when they discover like oh man there's no stopping got to keep going you said they didn't really think through the plan what's the plan how do you come up with like that that evergreen content topic? Well, it's always fluctuating. It's always up and down. I mean, with, with a radio platform, for me, I mean, it can be based on award show season. Like, we know in advance what's happening and what's going on. But in the news business, which is also what I report on, it's completely different, right? Because you go into every day not knowing what's happening. Same thing with an e-commerce store. You have no idea what's going to be in stock next week. You can forecast and see this is a good seller. You know, we're running low on this one. But if you pre-program or schedule your content, you know, days and days in advance, we could now be posting about Disco Blue Persuasion Swimsuit and then realize, oh crap, we have one in stock. Why are we, why are we promoting this one? It doesn't make sense to do it. So you always have to have a plan, but then do it in a smart way that it makes sense. Why am I promoting that's out of stock? Like, unless it's something that people can back order or something, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to do it. So in terms of content, it's having, uh, looking at what you have. And again, with an e-commerce store, you're looking at everything in terms of, okay, well, when is spring break for people? When is the right time to start promoting content about spring break? Is it, is it, let's say, let's say it's January. Is it now in January? Is it in February? When are people buying their swimsuit for spring break? On the flip side, pride, you know, pride month is June. Okay. Well, is April too soon to start talking about pride? Is it May? We've got a factor in shipping time for a lot of people as well. So when is the right time to do it? And you plan your content accordingly. We, I don't know that we've ever really, I mean, sometimes we will react to something, you know, we'll get in trouble with Instagram for a post because our model has a strawberry in his mouth and the post is flagged as nudity and sexual activity. Well, then we came, <laughs> we came in steamrolling with a ton of strawberry content. We've got a pair of strawberry underwear. Great. We're going to post that. We've got pictures of, okay, I need a picture of our model with a strawberry in his mouth. I need three people with a strawberry in the mouth. I need just a close-up of a wet strawberry. I just, you know, and so we react that way because we're playing on that. It's it's funny. 
And then, of course, we get Buff Boy on it as well. We've got these cough guys now with strawberries and things. So, I mean, it's it's that timely, timely content that people now relate to and can interact with. And so with with let's switch to Buff Boy then with our coffee line. There's a bunny nest in the backyard in, in West Hollywood. And there's something now with posts called the bunny cam. And it's basically showing this little rabbit's nest of six or seven bunnies. It's got nothing to do with coffee. Nothing. Nothing. But it's something that now people are wondering about. They've got that connection because, hey, there's this bunny nest at Buffloft. What's, you know, what, I wanted to let's see the bunnies. And, and you know, now now the bunnies are another star of one of our stores. So it's, you can put random stuff out there, but it's also in how you present it and how it connects and ties into your, your store, your brand. I'm so tired of losing revenue. Ah! Are you tired of losing revenue to abandoned carts and lapsed audiences? Ooh. Of course you are. Did you know that anonymous shoppers who visit your store on their phones can't receive abandoned cart emails from Shopify? <gasps> Pop quiz. What do Warby Parker, Dr. Squatch, and Blendjet have in common? They all turn to retention.com to maximize their growth and reclaim lost revenue. It's money falling from the sky. With retention.com's reclaim solution, you can leverage industry-leading identity resolution technology to increase your SMS and email flow revenue by up to 10 times. We am um, 10xing our list, okay? Like 10x, like I'm not even joking. Onboarding is quick and easy and implementation takes just hours, not months. Plus, retention.com's flexible pricing is based purely on incremental performance. So you only pay for what you get. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to grow your Shopify store and reclaim lost revenue. Visit retention.com to learn more and schedule your demo today. As part of this social media content strategy where you've really you've really nailed it, part of it is the the tone, the voice, the style. The you did some you call it like a what would they call it? Like a style guide, tone guide, I don't know, something guide. Tell me about that. Like what does that look like and how did you come to it? Or is it I often feel like, well, maybe you take, you know, your own personality and ramp that up 20%. And then like, ah, we've got this, essentially a character of yourself becomes the tone of voice. I think, well, I mean, if we, if we're going right back to the very beginning, this was one of those things, you know, cart before the horse, chicken or the egg kind of stories, which, um, I, I was, I remember laying in the bathtub in between Christmas and New Year's 2019 or 2018, excuse me. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, the name Happy Bulge Swim Company came to me. So we already knew that we had playful swimwear we'd already sort of picked out the inventory and the product line we didn't have the name and then when we came up with the name we take it to you know our graphic designer remember we're a media company so we we have writers we have graphic design we had that those resources from the beginning and so okay here graphic designer uh here's the name and here's some product pictures this is what we're doing give us playful fun you know let's let's see what we come up with we had two different logos that came one was an actual cartoon of a man and now we have this one who's like a more of a cartoony kind of a guy and as soon as we saw the cartoon one it was kind of like that's it and then because we launched at pride we had you know the band happy bulge banner made up in front of the table like at your booth and there were people walking by that were commenting on the name commenting on the logo taking pictures of just the the banner 
they didn't purchase thanks a lot but uh but the fact is that they took a picture and now they've posted it on social media or they've taken it home and shown their gay friend or whoever it might be so that was something where i think the name and the vibe set that tone for us because initially remember we we weren't on social media we didn't have that presence we were we were in nobody heard of us and uh, you know our staff hadn't even heard of us quite frankly so so you know you I think it's it's cool to kind of see it come to life that way. You know, a brand or a style guide is often done by a big corporation because, you know, these are the colors we use. We only use these words, you know, which I appreciate because, again, being a writer and, and a communications, you know, major in school, I, I appreciate that. But um, for us, I mean, how can you have a serious tone when your store is called Happy Bald Swim Company and you've got models with, you know, kneeling on the bed with strawberries in their mouth and you know, like it just sort of it just fits. And, you know, I think that's where people struggle with content is having that consistency in the voice. When you, when you, you know, reply to a, when you tweet a company because you have a problem with their product or something on social media, you know, you're getting their initials. And so that's to track back, you know, who replied and who helped, which is, that's good. But for us, I mean, because we all have worked together for almost 15 years, I can, I can go to the page and, and not know who posted that or, or go to the messages and not know who replied to it because we all get it we've all subscribed to the same kind of vibe and there's just something about middle-aged women jumping onto a happy bulge account and messaging people and me going there we go it's just you just it just comes over you as soon as you log into the account and you you post or you, you handle the messages you become happy bulge whether you're a 60 some year old grandma like one of our producers or you know a 30 some or 20 some year old model in underwear it's I think it, it's about assuming that character and, and having fun with it. Like, that's what makes it irresistible. The... I think, but I mean, right. And, but let me just, so again, you see all the time people post on social or Instagram, you know, Twitter, their new, you know, shoes they bought or, you know, just, just got this shirt and they'll do a shout out to the company. But how many of those companies are actually getting a picture of the mail from the customer? I mean, Happy Balls and then to some extent, uh, Buff Boy, our, our friends are literally taking a picture of the mail when it arrives and sending that to Happy Bulge. I mean, that's, that is so awesome to, to have that appreciation for them, a paying customer, to then be so excited and show you the mail that arrived. And we will get the subsequent photos of now the products laid out on the table and then the selfies in the mirror wearing them. But to show the actual mail when it arrives... Kurt, tell me, have you done that to Amazon? Have you gone and tweeted Amazon? <laughs> oh, my, my box just came in here holding up the Amazon box. I mean, maybe you have. I don't know. But you know, I nothing... have, but only because it was like, hey, I found my box in it's a finally... pile down the block. <laughs> Shredded, dripping wet. Yeah, and I found it. Thank you. But yeah, you no, know, I get you. But but I mean, that's, that's, I think, one of the best sort of testimonials you can get from your audience. And then, you know, your, I'll use the term customer. We know that they're called friends. But that's the best um, response you can get from your customer is having that love and that excitement for it. And the fact that they can't wait, you know, oh, I'm wondering when it's arrived. Oh, has it shipped yet? You know, settle down. You're going to get it. And I love that you can't wait. I love that you can't wait for it. On the Unhappy Bulge, if I go to the swimwear collection and I sort by best selling, I notice an interesting thing about the photos. They're cropped yes. really consistently, which I appreciate good, good, consistent aspect ratios. But more importantly, these all look like iPhone in my bedroom, customer submitted photos. They look like user generated content. There is tremendous authenticity to this, doing it this way. Tell me about 
This looks intentional. Tell me about the strategy here. Oh, absolutely it is. And that's, um, it is, is it is done uh, purposely or deliberately, uh, strategically even, uh, because again, Happy Bulge Swim Company, like I said, the name kind of sets that tone for it being playful and fun. And so it would not jive to have you know, we've all seen those like Under Armour models who are straight faced and look sick. Like they look like they're going to kick your ass. Let's be honest. And that's great because that's also their rugged, tough guy kind of brand. And so these are done very amateurly. And that's, you know, purpose. Again, we have a media company. Do we have a photographer and a professional camera? Absolutely, we do. But these, a lot of the photo shoots we do are in those cities when we were at a pride event as well. So we would be, uh, having the pride booth on the weekend and then either in the morning or evening or day before or day after hiring local models to come and do the photo shoots as well. And so it was done, you know, a lot of them done in a hotel room and on the fly where it's like, Hey, here now go jump on the bed in this one. Okay. Now change out and now go sit on the counter holding a bottle of vodka. Okay. Now go stand in the shower. Okay. Now go do pushups. And these photo shoots are just so rapid. There's no lighting there isn't that you know the person going around holding that thing in front of your face to check if make sure we're we're good and a light meter i think it's, there it's you just go a light meter, I, right? i've never used one yeah but i mean that's what people expect and we've had photographers reach out and go um hey i can kind of help you no thanks that's not what we're <laughs> they're, they act like they're doing you the favor i can appreciate them having an opinion on going you know this is really great but at the end of the day let's be honest our audience wants to see the swimsuit they want to see the goods they want to see the body and as long as we're presenting that in a in a fun and cheeky way, then we've still got their attention. So, um, yes, you're right. It's a great observation, and it's certainly done uh, intentionally. Now, Buff Boy is our biggest expense is uh, men and and photo shoots and and professional lighting and and all that kind of stuff. But with Happy Bulge, very uh, low key. I was going to say low end, very low key, very low key is the photo shoot. And the advantage to that is like. It, it, it's real, it's authentic, it's believable. And I think with we've certainly all the experience where like the photo of the apparel item you're buying looks one way and then the thing you receive right. looks another. And so in this vertical, I think when you have the like the very real looking photo, it also makes the product seem very real where you're like, all right, this I'm not going to end up with, you know, a thing that doesn't look anywhere near like what I ordered. Um, you know, the wish.com experience. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's, I think it actually has only happened one time that I've heard of anyway, where somebody has come back and said, that's not, that's not the same product that I ordered. And it's like, but you, all of our orders, by the way, when they're sent out are actually photographed as well. So they're, they're looked, they're checked to make sure we've never had anybody go and say, you know, it was damaged. It was whatever, because we photograph it and we can actually send that to a customer and say, this is what was um, sent to you. And that's also just for verification, loss prevention, whatever it might be. And, and small business owners, especially Shopify stores, will know that you're going to have those unscrupulous people who say, I didn't get my order or I, I was missing an item. We can pull up the file and go, well, there's actually three pairs of underwear. Did you get it still fact? Did you still get it originally sealed? Yes, I did. Well, there were three inside. So how does that happen? But uh, those but certainly, people are always I mean, like so shameless, though, where they'll just be like, I don't know, you tell me, replace it. And then like when you give into you've made the mistake of giving in to the shamelessness then you'll discover like, all right, they're going to do this four or five more times before we finally ban them. There has been one person who did, who tried it twice, initially said, um, I, I ordered two pairs of underwear. I only got one. And then we go back and, you know, do some digging and find the pictures and say, and, you know, and again, be, being a communications person, I kind of know how to ask. So I guided that and said, you know, 
the the customs form the weight on it shows that there are indeed two inside you know was it did you still get it originally sealed yes i did okay well great well here's the photos of your um your order so explain it to me and unfortunately i mean it's sad that a small business has to do that again we have a much bigger company where we've got you know a lawyer and then all that other stuff but i mean i don't want to have to go to that expense just for you know a 25 dollar pair of underwear but certainly as you say i mean maybe maybe this person will learn their lesson and stop trying to take advantage and feel bad that they're trying to bilk a, a small business out of it or maybe they'll move on to the next one which you know again you hope that they don't do but maybe it'll make them go oh shit a small business is actually kind of like tracking the orders and not just willy-nilly sending them out in the mail yeah buddy we've actually got photos of your order your customs form and everything so I've never heard anyone doing that, and I, it seems really smart and obvious as soon as you've heard it. But it all came about after we had that experience. So it wasn't something that was initially done with the uh, e-commerce orders. It was kind of people going and saying, well, you know, the envelope came open, or I got an empty envelope. It was literally the tape or, you know, or whatever. It was taped and it, it came off. And so from that point on, you know, I think, again, you learn that lesson after you have, after you have to give maybe two refunds. You sort of sit there and go, we need to protect ourselves in some way. And that's just now something that we've done. So it sounds like you do your own fulfillment. You're not using a 3PL? No, it's all done from Winnipeg. How do you feel about that? I don't know what the right answer is. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a control freak first and foremost. So for me, as I've already mentioned, I know that your underwear does not have a tear, a stain. The, the swimwear, the string hasn't come out. I, I need to know that. Now, again, I'm not personally doing every single order anymore, but... I, I'm trusting, I, I have the confidence that my team does look at these things. And like I said, we photograph every order. So I, I like that. I prefer that. You know, if you if you outsource or if you have a warehouse or you, I don't know that we did send them the right thing. I don't know that it didn't have that blemish on it. And so I, I appreciate it. That's my preference. You have two brands here that are seemingly unrelated, right? Coffee and swimwear. How do you end up with, there it is. You're drinking it right now, folks. <laughs> How do you end up going from swimwear to coffee and simultaneously? Do you know what's funny about that, though, is, you know, I think it's it's a common mistake for people to make. You, if you watch Shark Tank, you know that people always want a franchise. They always want to have their one food truck and have 13 of them. So um, initially, I was kind of like, let's build Happy Bulge. We've only been doing this for, uh, I guess, the time, yeah, a little over two years, I guess. And so I kind of thought, is that getting too far ahead of ourselves like we still have room to grow with happy bulge there's still still things that we can do still you know marketing techniques that we haven't tried still just different things so why would we now go and spread ourselves too thin now you're asking your again customer or your friend now you're asking your customer to spend money in two places is that a smart thing to do um you know and and what is the connection between swimwear and coffee well there isn't now well, um, half naked what men seems to be the connection here there you go. And, and but then I also would, drinking uh, hot coffee shirtless just seems like a recipe for disaster. But you know what's funny though is that again with our audience and with our demographic, coffee in your underwear is not uncommon and we've dis we only discovered that after we launched Buff Boy. So so yes, huh. what does what does coffee have to do with naked men? Absolutely nothing. But a lot of people will drink their coffee in their underwear in the morning when you're getting ready for work on Sunday morning. So we didn't know it at the time that there is that connection to underwear and drinking your coffee. Now, when you think about it, right, Kurt, you didn't think about that initially, just now when you asked the question. And now that I see this man half naked at his kitchen table drinking coffee with perfectly <laughs> coiffed hair, I realize that's just how a lot of people start their day. This seems now perfectly natural. So that cross-promotion, 
less crazy than it would seem at first glance and uh, fairly straightforward in how to implement it. But um, if I were to, let's say we've got uh, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell, same company, same, same parent company, obviously completely different, well, mostly different products. Think about if, if Pizza Hut had a mascot or a logo or something, think about now all of a sudden that Pizza Hut guy or character coming on the Taco Bell social media page and doing a takeover that weekend or giving you Pizza Hut giveaways on the Taco Bell page. Like, it, it seems strange, but how does that work? Again, it's always about what is that connection. And we've done that crossover where we will have our Happy Bulge Model Hercules on the Buff Coffee page. And we'll have, you know, one of the, the coffee guys doing the Happy Bulge giveaways. And and you're now you're merging your two brands, your two stores, your two uh, audiences together. And, and again, if you go to the Buff Boy Brewing Instagram page, you're going to see every few days a Happy Bulge crossover. And that's what it says, the big headline, Happy Bulge crossover. And you'll see a Happy Bulge model. Not drinking coffee, just a random guy in his underwear. And so you've got that brand awareness now if people are not following one of the other ones that now now they know they link those two company names together. And, does, and it helps that the logo is very similar. It's the same guy just reversed, so struggling to get your Shopify store off the ground? Okay, man, let's turn it on. Get started faster with Zipify Pages. Zipify Pages is a one-of-a-kind landing page builder created by the founder of a $170 million Shopify store. Their impressive library of templates includes every page you need to launch a high-converting Shopify store more quickly and for a lot more profit. You could use it to customize your product pages, category pages, blog pages, even your homepage, so you could beat the competition and make a lot more sales. And since every template is tested on a $170 million Shopify store, you know they actually work. Plus, all pages are optimized for mobile, and built-in split testing helps you maximize your results. It's no wonder Zipify Pages is used by over 5,000 Shopify merchants. Go to zipify.com slash Kurt, that's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T to start your free trial today. And to give an unadvertised gift, email help, and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. I feel the need, the need for speed. We've established the advantages to having these two brands and like the cross promotion and the crossover with it. What are some of the disadvantages? Do you ever run into issues with like, just you're trying to run two very similar things? No, it's never happened. Because again, because again, it's all very strategically planned out what's being promoted and what's not. And so we we won't upstage the other ever. Um, we might have something similar. We might be having with with Buff Boy Shelter Dog Sleepover Weekend, and there are shelter dogs running around on Saturday. So that's and and ordered uh, sales are being ten percent of sales are being donated that weekend. So that's not really a sale or a promotion. It's more just kind of uh, PR and it's more just feel good content. But in a roundabout way, uh, you know you are sort of encouraging sales and transactions because you're saying, you know, 10% of, of the sales are being, you know, going towards Los Angeles animal shelters. So that's that's great. But then if Happy Bulge is rolling out the spring collection of underwear, we are not, absolutely not of staging that. Let's be honest, Happy Bulge is where the money is for these two. So we would never step on the Happy Bulge audience when there's a product launch or when there's something big happening. So they can have two simultaneous, uh, I'll use the word promotions in a sense of this is a, social media campaign even, 
but they're not, we're not having two big sales with the stores at the same time. We're not competing with each other that way. What, what's the driving force here for you? Is it build a successful business, like build an additional income stream? Or is this about, hey, I'm, I own the brand and now I'm getting true creative freedom here? It's neither. It's, it's quite honestly, um, now, I mean, it's more so just where, where can, what can we do to sort of have more success? I mean, it's, it's maybe terrible for a business person or an entrepreneur to go and say, oh, we're not, we're not really planning to increase sales for Happy Bulge because at the end of the day, Happy Bulge really has no full-time staff because that's not the way it's set up. You know, our staff is doing radio syndication, you know, newspaper syndication, book publishing, things like that. That's, that's what we do. So if, if Happy Bulge or if Buff Boy, you know, goes away tomorrow, I mean, it's a, it's a, a ding to your income, obviously, but it's not that we are out of business because it's, it's never been, and, and, and it will never be, as far as I can tell, it will never be the bread and butter of, of our company, Speak Free Media. So, uh, you know, again, you ask a business person, what's, what's your projection for Q4? Where, what's, what's happening in, you know, 2024? There are no answers to that. And, you know, that might sound on the surface like a terrible business decision, but we, we're going with the flow. And I think that's one of the great things, though, about um, entrepreneurs is that you have to be able to, we learned that with the pandemic, is you have to be able to pivot. Did we, we could have just had those boxes still piling up of the inventory in 2020. But quite honestly, it was more kind of like, well, what the hell? Let's just try this and see where it goes. And I mean, it's no different than everything that I've done with, you know, radio and with books. It's sort of like, let's just, this sounds interesting. Let's, let's give it a shot. We might not know anything about it. We might not have an education in, in retail marketing, but let's just have fun with it. I love that advice. I mean, it's just a healthy way to go through life. Like, all right, we're going to, let's just try this and see what happens and try to have fun with it. And then at the point where like, all right, this isn't fun anymore. And then let's, let's reconsider and reevaluate the way, the way we're approaching this. Oh, I mean, hey, don't get me wrong, though. When you look at your sales and you see that you're up 60% over last year or whatever, I mean, that you you get a thrill out of that. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I mean, the fact that I can, um, you know, when we when we started this, you know, f almost four years ago now, I mean, if you're, again, what Happy Bowls are we making, you know, six figures a year based on something that was thought up in a guy's bathtub, you know? And and essentially, with thanks to Shopify, could can, can generally be run from your phone in a bathtub, aside from having to go to the post office and ship product or whatever. But I'm saying like, you know, the meat and potatoes of your business really can be done from a cafe. It can be done, you know, don't go to a cafe, drink Buff Boy at home, but certainly, you know, it could be, you can manage your store, you know, from anywhere. And, and that's, I mean, that's the advice that I would give is, um, you know, I, I had a, a friend and a colleague who she wanted to do something similar with women's accessories. So scarves, right? Something again, very lightweight, something easy to ship, not a big box, just something that you can put in a, you know, an envelope and a scarf is very lightweight. It's going to be cheap to ship. And she made the store all about her. She was the face of it. She was this. She's not one of the, again, they use the term influencer in quotation marks because I don't care for that. I don't get it. But um, she, she was the star of this quote unquote brand. She was the fashionista. She was it. And you have to sit there and go, it's not all about you. And, you know, she threw in the towel on her Shopify store in under three months because she got, comes in there guns blazing again, very uh, optimistic as an entrepreneur that I'm going to get, you know, a thousand dollars in sales that first week. Honey, the reality, no, 
and even on a decent week, Happy Bulge isn't even doing that. If we're, if I'm being honest, we we pull back on our content and our interaction. Happy Bulge is not even taking in a thousand dollars a week, and Happy Bulge has been around for years. So that's that advice: is don't get that, don't have that ego about you where this is my store. I'm the founder. I'm the CEO. Here's my bio. Here's my yes. It puts a face to the brand, but I mean, do people care? I mean, certainly if you're a, a model yourself and you have a, a good look and you want those thirst trap photos to attract attention, sure, use that in your marketing. But I am not, I mean, I, I and my husband appear on the Instagram pages every once in a while, but mostly as kind of something funny or silly. But it's not that, oh, that's Jeremy from Happy Bulge. Because if you were to ask our audience, they would not even know my name. And I'm fine with that. I don't need to be the star of it. Normally, I conclude these interviews and I look for advice. Like you have such a wealth of experience. So looking back on it, you know, what advice would you give other entrepreneurs listening? And in the last five minutes, you just rattled off so much good advice that I was just here like checking off questions I hadn't asked yet. <laughs> I that's but that it goes back to that having that passion for what it is that you do. Is my passion coffee? Absolutely not, and I will admit that. But um, how can I interact with, the, again, let me rewind again, 20 years on the, almost 20 years on the radio, you know, we have back in the day had an audience of 300,000 listeners. So, I mean, you're constantly interacting with people, you know, it, it's coming at you from every side and every angle. So you have to know, I mean, I'm not a middle-aged female, but that's my radio audience. So I have to know what they like, what they don't like and how to talk to them. I mean, with the bachelor finale, uh, the other day. I mean, I just tear to shreds the people on that show, but that's also kind of what you do on Twitter when you're watching and tweeting The Bachelor. Am I using foul language? Am I making, am I, am I, uh, being sexist? And yes, but that's the fun of tweeting The Bachelor and the audience gets it. There's a self-awareness to it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's the thing is that you have to know your audience. And so I know what I can say. I know how to push the limits. I know how to make the jokes about the fantasy suite and they call it sex. We call it the bachelor. Like I know how to push that line. I know how to make the a double entendres or the innuendo. And I know that the audience appreciates that on the radio. Again, there's certain things that you can and can't say just because of the rules. So I know, and I know, okay, wait a second. If I'm doing a morning show and I'm talking about entertainment headlines, I can't use certain words. I can't necessarily say bitch at eight in the morning even though it's a pop culture laughing kind of a segment because there's just, you have to know your audience and what's allowed and what's not and what's acceptable and what isn't. And we see a lot of broadcasters essentially doing that, you know, all the time, putting their foot in the mouth and crossing that line. And so you have to know your audience. I know being a, a gay man, I know how to talk to that audience and how to approach it. Now, going back to that um, women's line of scarves and things like that, would I know how to market to that audience? I could figure it out because that's our radio audience. So I could easily just go and post it and talk about it on the radio to 300,000 people and probably get sales. But my heart wouldn't be in that because I've got no interest in in talking fashion with women. I just, I just don't. So certainly having that um, interest. And I think that, again, as an entrepreneur, if you're quick to throw in the towel and you're quick to just go and say, oh, well, after two months, it didn't work. Sure, if you blew $40,000, throw in the towel. But if it's, um, you know, if it's, if it's, inexpensive product, if it's third part, like if it's drop shipping, if it's whatever, and it's not really costing you anything, give it five or six months, you know, retool what you've done and what you haven't tried and, and, and give it time to, to work. We're still just coming up with random things to, to try and, and do. And, you know, you have to, 
it's it's a learning curve. It really is. And it's I think it always will be, especially depending on the industry that you're in. Fashion trends change, e-commerce habits from consumers change. And it's it's about how you either get ahead of it or stay in line with it. It sounds like the magic that you're performing is occurring on social media. I want to see this in action. Who do I follow? At Happy Bulge and at Buff Boy Brewing. And you know, just while we're talking about social media, that's also something that I would remind people is that don't rely only on social media for your audience because you know Happy Bulge has had its final warning from Instagram, and we've even threatened to sue it. We've had a big you know media campaign because they were going to shut down. You know that swim our swimboard products were exploiting COVID was the violation. Figure that out. And so, just <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see the what's the rationale. And there? then and again, we I mentioned about the guy having a strawberry in his mouth. That was sexual positioning, and it wasn't allowed. And it's like. Okay. And so we've we've had to go to the wall, but we've had to go to media relations. Again, we're in a different situation where we have a media, a radio platform that we can go and say, hey, look, we're going to call Instagram homophobic. So you might want to reinstate this page and stop threatening it because we're going to get GLAAD and PFLAG and all those organizations commenting and, and siding with us. You're going to look bad. It's Instagram and Facebook that already have the PR nightmare, not us. And, and that's where you have that stronger audience. You have that support. So don't rely solely on your social media audience. Because that could be gone. They shut down your page. You've now lost your 20,000 followers. Could they find you again? Would they think to look for you? Would they even know that you've disappeared? No, because you're just going to disappear from the feed and they already follow 2,000 other pages. People will not know that your Instagram page is gone. That is, it's the danger of playing in other people's sandboxes. For sure. And so that's where, you know, we, we don't do much email marketing um, because that's not, it's not interactive, so we, we just kind of avoid it. Is it a smart thing to employ with your marketing tactics? Absolutely. So, you know, have your email database of your customers and whatever. And so you still have an outlet to reach them then if your page does in fact get shut down. And and if you do have a secondary brand as we do with Buff Boy, well, the Happy Bulge page can disappear. Well, at least we still have, it's not quite as much of an audience, but we still have, you know, a couple thousand that follow our other store. So you do have that backup if if need be, but you know don't rely solely on on your social media audience. Or if you do have your own website, maybe have a forum, have your own sort of, uh, maybe even create your own app. I mean that's something that we've been talking about for the past couple of months, where we would have our own app called Appy Bulge, where it's a platform where you can set. Oh, I'm 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 giving spoilers. I'm not even supposed to be saying the name or talking about it. But but that's something where we thought, hey, you know what? We can now core our audience and keep them and not because. You know, it's not just Happy Bulge that gets threatened with shutdowns on Instagram. You know, um, historically, now I'm getting kind of deep here, but historically, GLAAD and the different LGBTQ organizations say that gay and lesbian content is over-policed and over-censored on those platforms. So it's not uncommon for us to have our followers or friends uh, reappear with a new account and having backup accounts because they get shut down because they posted a picture of their underwear. So that's something where we are hopefully heading to this year, where we will have our own social media app where you can post your underwear photos. And it will be a direct sales channel for our store because we're not going to risk being at the mercy of somebody else going and saying, sorry, you're closed, you're shut down on our platform. It's a smart move. And I've known enough brands where if you're able to implement an app, but also have a content strategy that gives people a reason to get the app, like that's the part people miss, then more often than not, it's going to work. And so what you described to me from experience, it's a... That's a great idea. Run with it. And and for us, I mean, that's where, again, you know, your customer can relate to it because they've had the warnings, they've been threatened with shutdown, or they have been shut down. 
And so if we can go and say, hey, look, Happy Valve is coming in to save the day. We've got a platform. You're free to post within reason. Have at it. That's truly what we get. And when we were targeted last October, I think we had 40-some notices that this image has to be removed, this product tag can't remain, you're at risk of being shut down. And we said, we're going to come knocking to media relations. We need a statement. We need comment. We need this reviewed by a human, not some AI review panel that doesn't even actually look at it. And we need a, a human decision. And it's it's worked for us when, when they shut down our Facebook page back in 2021, it might have been. And within 30 minutes of me going to media relations and saying, look, we're doing a nationwide media campaign beginning Monday if this page isn't put back on. And I need a statement. I need a comment. And they apologize and they reinstate the page. But it's sad that you have to go through that. Why would... We have the resources to fight them. So that's not an issue. But the average small business won't. They won't. What are they going to do? They might start a new page, but now they're starting from scratch again. And I've, we've seen this happen to people where their page gets shut down and there's no recourse. And they go, well, what do I do? And they reach out to me like, oh, well, you're like, certainly you must know someone's been through this. Can you help? And my advice has been, you're out of luck unless you can get their attention. And getting their intention, attention is like, well, all right, spend the money to have a lawyer send them a nasty gram via certified mail. You know, that's the, that's the kind of thing that works. Or you're like, hey, we're going to run a PR blitz against you. And then suddenly, oh, now a human will look at it. But yeah, it drives me nuts that in social media platforms, like the idea that they're, they have to moderate their own content appropriately. They're very resistant to it and seemingly very bad at it. And it, like many times I'm like, is this intentional? Like, what are you doing? And what do you make of that? You, I mean, the, our audience is very quick to go and blame homophobia. But I mean, what, what do you make of, you know, be pages, not necessarily gay, lesbian pages, but, but of a store? I mean, I, I just saw for the first time last week, somebody complaining that their Shopify store was shut down. Now, I believe, I don't know the full story, so this is just an assumption on my part, but I believe they were selling licensed products. So t-shirts that were designed that they didn't have permission. Now, you're more the Shopify expert than I. That would get a, a store shut down is if you're selling licenses. So let's say Batman. It wasn't, but let's say it was a Batman shirt. That would get a shop store shut down. There's two things that'll happen. There's like acceptable use policy, the AUP. And that's like, all right, you were selling guns. So we shut your store down. All right, fine. You know, here's the list of things you can't sell. And then someone tried to sell it and they're out. But then the other one that, that happens, and if you Google this, you can see this in forums and Shopify forums is I'm selling something. I'm selling something licensed probably. And there's, automated services out there that will just like send off DMCA takedown notices when they detect licensed, something licensed that's not on like an officially sanctioned list. Right. And then from the brand. And so your store will just get shut down because Shopify takes those requests in good faith, it seems. And then, so you have to turn around and the re it's in the Shopify help docs as well. You email legal at Shopify.com and respond to it. You know, and then, but like the email they send you is very scary. It's like, hey, your your store is it's going to be is shut down. You can access the data, but then like you have X number of days, and then it goes away. And we've I've had this happen to uh, two or three clients now. They were able to recover their stores through that the process I described, unless you get like that original trademark holder or copyright holder, whoever it is, to say like, oh yeah, that was a mistake. It's still very difficult. And so what do you do? Like, that's a very scary thing to be up against. And that like, and social media, same thing that we've seen happen before as well. And there's, the, you oftentimes you're not even sure what you did wrong. And then you lose the account. And it's like, 
years of work that went into that of, of audience building. Yeah, one of the it's just a horrible feeling. I like it, and hasn't even happened to me directly. Just being seeing it. Ugh. I mean, that's also where I mean it goes into the the greater conversation of Shopify is a great platform, but again, depend. Now, I'm certainly not condoning people selling copyrighted infringed you know products. I'm not I'm not endorsing that. But what I'm thinking is sometimes it's best to have your own e-commerce platform. Self-hosting is always an option, uh, you know, with like WordPress and WooCommerce. The trade-off for that total control is total responsibility. And so it's like, well, now I'm in charge of 100% of everything here. The cost really becomes convenience and time is the thing you gave up. And I say this as someone who used to be a WordPress developer. No, but it's always worthwhile to, to consider your options. We got we to gotta wrap this up. We're coming to the end of our time together. Jeremy, where can I go get some fine swimwear and learn more about you? Happybulge.com and uh, check out check out the swimwear line, the underwear line. Um, it's not uncommon for even women to browse, especially at a pride event and say, I'm going to get this for my husband. So it's not specifically, it's not solely for, for gay men. I know that's our target audience, but it really is just fun. If you're wanting to just or even have a laugh at cheeky photos and you want the eye candy, go for it. And if you love coffee, absolutely buffboybrewing.com. Buffboybrewing.com, get some coffee. And even, you know what? Send a note, send a DM on social media that you heard this, that you saw this podcast and you heard me and you you heard Kurt and we'll hook up with a discount. Done, done. Thank you so much. Happy Bulge, Buffboy Brewing. Tell them Tech Nasty sent you, unofficial Shopify podcast. Jeremy, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. Do you want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, Code Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.